Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today, thyroid, stress, and adrenals. Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, I've got a couple of really good uh, PowerPoints and slides. This will be put on the YouTube, Facebook uh, live tonight. Um, and the total version of this, because it's going to be on Dr. B VIP. That's drbvip.com. Uh, I encourage you to get on there to help support us, but also this way you'll get the um, PowerPoint, you'll get the handouts, you'll get everything so you can share the information. Okay, i got to tell you this. I've got a picture of the first slide. I know it's picture vision, um, and it has Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death unless there's a virus with 99% recovery rate, which in case strips me of my freedoms, my job, my constitutional rights, and puts me under house arrest. Well, welcome to America. Okay, so um, we're also going to be eventually having this go live on Extreme Health Academy as well. Uh, so please support those two. What, what we're going to talk about is, is how the body responds to environmental stresses. And thyroid, and, and, and this could be hyper, hypo, Hashimoto's, thyroid is like the canary in the coal mine. And I brought up this one case study. Now, when she was 25 years old, you know, standard gal, you know, no big trauma, just normal, healthy college girl, she was diagnosed with low-functioning thyroid. At 35, she had her gallbladder removed. Now, the gallbladder stores and concentrates bile, and it's going to negative react or form gallstones under chronic stress. Now, by 45, she had fibroids and a hysterectomy. So the fibroids means she had a toxic environmental exposure, but all this stuff was identified when she was 25. At 55, she had breast cancer and mastectomy. Now, this is a common scenario, way too common in our human population. So let's, if we identified the physical, chemical, and emotional stress back when she was 25, would she ever needed a mastectomy or the fibroids removed or the gallbladder removed? I mean, should we just keep removing parts that aren't functioning correctly? No. <clears throat> let's change this. And this is for all the doctors that are listening out there. Um, and, and I know you're trained with the symptom and then the appropriate medication. But here we've got a quote from Dr. Alexis Rosas, uh, Vice President of Genetics at GlaxoSmithKline. So this is one of the biggest drug manufacturers in the world. Quote, the vast majority of drugs, um, more than 90% work only 30 to 50% of the people. I wouldn't say that most drugs don't work. I would say that most drugs work in 30 to 50% of the people. Drugs out there in the market, um, but they don't work in everyone. Absolutely. So we should look at at logic. But when you, again, when you're looking at this, critical thinking is not taught in the medical world. It's not taught in schools. So don't be surprised if your medical doctor isn't a critical thinker. So so think of this. Hypothyroidism, okay, that means that the, the thyroid isn't producing as much as it should. Hyperthyroid means that it's producing too much. So hypothyroid, the most common cause of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. However, when you look at that, what's the cause of thyroiditis? A malfunctioning of the immune system. So what's that? Unknown. 
quote, doctors aren't entirely sure why the immune system, which is supposed to defend the body from harmful viruses and bacteria, sometimes turns against the body's healthy tissues. Uh, I know, sounds crazy. Um, but again, critical thinking. So when you ask yourself, if you've been diagnosed with adrenal fatigue or low-functioning thyroid or high-functioning thyroid or high blood pressure or inflammatory bowel disease, how about just, just putting this little thought in the back? Why is my body responding correctly to this? If you, and it, because it is a correct response based on the stimulus. If you're thinking that these diseases are a pathologic response, that your body's crazy, it doesn't make sense because your body's going to respond correctly based on the stimulus. Like there's nothing broken in your body causing your thyroid to not work correctly. Could be toxicity, could be nutrient deficiency. Here's an article to, to start to expand your consciousness out of the Journal of Natural Science, Biology, and Medicine, 2011. Um, get, get this one. This is the title of the article, Immunity Over Inability, The Spontaneous Regressions of Cancer. Quote, the spontaneous healing of cancer is a phenomenon that has been observed for hundreds and thousands of years and having been the subject of many controversies is now accepted as an indisputable fact. Yes, indisputable fact that your body can, can regenerate. The Quote, again, the partial or complete disappearance of a malignant tumor in the absence of treatment or in the presence of therapy considered inadequate to exert a significant influence on the disease. That's what spontaneous regression means. Spontaneous regression of cancer is not a rare occurrence, has thought to be. In an average month, in 2002, medical journals published more than four articles on the subject, on the average month. So it, it just I want you to look in the mirror and smile. If your body has the ability to spontaneously reverse cancer, Okay, do you think that you could start to change how your body's functions, how your thyroid functions, or your metabolic response? Does that make sense? So look at how your body responds to stress. And this could be physical stress, chemical stress, or emotional stress. Instantly, under that stress response, blood supply to the gut is, uh, is shut down. Why? Because it needs to be transferred over to the arms and legs so you can get away from danger. The liver is going to start to elevate blood glucose, so that, that gets more energy, so the blood starts to thicken. Cortisol, stress hormones are secreted. And again, adrenaline, this is all to keep you away from danger. And that also means that thyroid-stimulating hormone will be decreased. Thyroid will get less active, and adrenals will get more active. So does that mean under chronic physical, chemical, or emotional stress, that um, cortisol levels are going to be high, thyroid's going to be low, and if there's a consistent stress, then you're going to get into a misdiagnosis of adrenal fatigue. Now, cortisol. <clears throat> cortisol is one of the most powerful anti-inflammatories that your body makes. But high cortisol, long-term, you're looking at belly seat and thigh weight distribution. You're looking at moon face. You're looking at all sorts of different negative responses. So, so let's look at how the body works. How, how, what controls this? Well, it's called the adrenal pituitary thyroid axis. <clears throat> You've got a pituitary gland inside of the brain. 
And you could also call it the HPA, or hypothalamus uh, uh, adrenal pituitary axis. Hypothalamus is a, a gland that, or it's an organ that has one leg in the nervous system, one leg in the, in the hormonal system. And so it gets constant sensory input in from the spine. And this sends a message over the pituitary um, to tell the pituitary what to make. And the pituitary can tell thyroid stimulating hormone. It can increase or decrease production of adrenaline or all the, the hormones that the adrenal glands produce. So you can imagine under consistent stimulus to that brain, under consistent stress, um, then the, the brain is going to have a consistent response. And, and again, I'm just saying stuff that is common sense. And remember, critical thinking is not taught in the medical schools. What we need to do is develop that critical thinking way back in our school system. Now, no, thyroxin, which is what people are given all the time for um, a high TSH, because what people are, or what the doctors are looking at is they're looking for a thyroid-stimulating hormone. And that's called TSH, produced by the pituitary. And if thyroid stimulating is high, or TSH is high, and T3, T4 is low, and that's the hormone produced by the thyroid, then your, your pituitary is telling your thyroid to work, and the thyroid's not working the way it should. So that's called a hypothyroid, and that's what the most common is. Hyperthyroid means TSH is low, and T3, T4 is going to be high. So it's based on the thyroid production and the pituitary signals. Now, with that diagnosis of a low-functioning thyroid, uh, the doctor is probably going to pre um, prescribe thyroxine. Now, thyroxine is not a thyroid hormone. Some people will say it's T4. It is not a thyroid hormone. And in fact, the thyroid gland, which normally produces T3, will decrease its production in the presence of thyroxine. So just taking this, this thyroid hormone, your body's going to feel better. Okay, the problem is it will decrease production, the natural production from your thyroid, especially in women. And the thyroxine is also used in hypothyroid cases to suppress oxidative metabolic process. So, I mean, it's devastating. So let's look at the, some of the production. Now, the thyroid hormones, basically the two most, most popular ones, I mean, still produces uh, T2, T, T1, T3, um, and T4. Now, T4 to T3, the ratio in the blood is roughly 20 to 1. So you've got a lot more T4 than T3. Now, T4 is converted to the active form of T3, inside of the liver, the intestines, the kidneys, and the lungs. Okay, so, so we have to look at it because T3 is three to five, four times more potent than T4. But you got a lot of T4. So what if we look at, at the level of T3, T4, what about liver function, intestinal function, kidney function? So we know that if the body's under stress, those organs aren't going to have the appropriate blood supply, and that conversion of the T4 to T3 won't be happening. Now, over 99% of T3 and T4 are bound to what's called uh, thyroid-binding globulin, and all that is is a hunk of protein. So let's look at this. What if your body's under stress? If you're under physical, chemical, or emotional stress, 
you're not going to have um, healthy protein uh, breakdown because in order to build the thyroid binding globulin, you need a, amino acids. And under chronic stress, you're not going to have those available. Also, dietary selenium is essential for T3 production. And a lot of people are mineral deficient. And plus, if you're under stress, you're also getting that mineral deficiency um, because you're not producing enough stomach acid to absorb the nutrients. Now, causes of hypothyroid, number one, nutrient deficiencies, heavy metal exposure. So this means amalgam fillings or fluoride or, or exposure. Adrenal stress, that means chronic physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Enzyme deficiencies, chronic illness. Uh, polyunsaturated fats such as canola oil, soy, vegetable oil, safflower, sunflower, walnut oil, processed food, and additives. And those all, the polyunsaturated fats, are huge, huge when you talk about their contributing factor. So the thyroid is literally the canary in the coal mine. So what happens, first you get the stimulus. You get the physical, chemical, and emotional stress <clears throat> that causes your stress hormones to be released, and then that decreases thyroid-stimulating hormone. The thyroid decreases its function. That means digestion decreases, serotonin decreases, and so typically a doctor is going to start to prescribe thyroxin. We already know that negatively affects the thyroid. And then they're going to prescribe antacids, which decreases your protein absorption, then antidepressants, then sleep medications. What does that do? Does that help with the stress? No. Okay, so we've got to like start changing this world. Now, your adrenal glands are the pharmacy of the whole body. They produce every mineral corticosteroid, glucocorticosteroid, and sex hormones. They produce estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. They fight cancer. They produce interferon. They're vital for your immune system. I mean, these guys are freaking amazing. Okay? So we have to get them to work correctly. Now, it's interesting because 90%, 90% of the adrenal cortex um, has to be destroyed before you're aware of adrenal insufficiency. That's right. So, so there is, can be tremendous amount of damage um, before you notice a difference okay, in, in that function. Now, cortisol is an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. I mean, it is, it's literally amazing. Uh, now, alcohol, drugs, food, environmental stress, all of these are going to increase cortisol production. So what balances cortisol and thyroid? This is going to sound really basic. What helps the thyroid? Healthy gut, low cortisol, healthy food, healthy water, and low stress. Um, what, what negatively affects the thyroid? Estrogens. So this is going to be um, most pesticides. High cortisol levels, so that's going to be stress, liver toxicity, fluoride, pesticides, stress, toxic food, medications, and vaccines. What helps lower cortisol? The same stuff that helps the thyroid. Healthy thyroid, vegetables, healthy water. What raises cortisol? You got it. Low-functioning thyroid, inflammation, stress, tissue damage, vaccines, and food toxicities. So we're looking at, at consistent stuff that you can do to help the thyroid uh, also lowers cortisol. Now, it's interesting. Huffington Post put an article out in 2017 
that said nearly 60 million Americans, mostly women, have some type of thyroid problem. And so what are they going to experience? Achiness, irritability, muscle weakness, weight fluctuations, hair loss, uh, carpal tunnel, constipation, tons of issues. So how do we clean up the kidneys, knowing that your body is going to be in a stressed state? Well, you got some cleansing herbs, stinging nettle and burdock root are fantastic. Um, healthy amounts of water, that's going to be the key. High antioxidant fruit, so this is going to be like oranges, blueberries, grapes. Beets are fantastically good for, for the kidneys. Seaweed, lemon juice, spinach, amazing. So really plant-based stuff. Now, if you've had long-term uh, cortisol, figure short-term, this keeps your body alive. So, so cortisol in the short-term is amazing. It helps blood sugar levels, um, metabolizes fat, protein, carbohydrates, helps with blood pressure, heart and blood vessel tone, central nervous system activation. It's absolutely friggin' amazing. However, the longer that goes up, you're talking impaired cognitive performance, brain fog, blood sugar imbalances, low-functioning thyroid, decreased bone density, sleep disturbances. I mean, a friggin' nightmare. Now, we're going to go in and I'm, we're going to go over what type of causes of this. I mean, we know fluoride can cause it. We know there's physical, chemical, emotional stress. Excitotoxins such as MSD and aspartame literally start causing brain damage. Fluoride has a medical intervention for hyperthyroid. That's right. Um, there's some communities still in America that are adding fluoride to their water. Now, remember, the American Dental Association came out two months ago with, oh my goodness, it turns out amalgam fillings are not good for you. So how long will it take them to come up with fluoride? <laughs> you know, there's enough data out there, my friend, to, to show that if you're drinking fluoridated water, okay, then you can have a low-functioning thyroid. Uh, now, it's interesting, up until the 70s, scientists in Europe would prescribe fluoride to reduce basal metabolic rate. Um, so to lower the thyroid function. Now, you might say, well, I don't use fluoride in my toothpaste. Hell, a 12-ounce Coke, okay, exceeds optimum dosage. Okay, 12-ounce Coke uh, has fluoride in it. Milk has fluoride in it. Wheaties has fluoride in it. Snapple, Hansen's, Minute Maid, Gerber juice for bra babies, uh, Amstelite beer. So you're looking at so many things that can that can actually cause um, or or have uh, the the fluoride in it. Now, here, now what your your body needs, you need iodine. But now now let's look at the things you're exposed to. Chlorine, fluorine, and bromine are all um, similar to the halides. They're all called halides and iodine. Now, if you're iodine deficient and your thyroid burns iodine, it's literally what it produces that stuff out, out of the T3, T4. Um, if you're deficient in iodine but you're exposed to chlorine and fluorine, that's also going to make the thyroid appear low. And in fact, low iodine function or low iodine um, uh, levels are linked to breast cancer. It's a key component of thyroid. Um, and also, if you're eating non-organic bread, they've been using um, iodine for forever to raise bread. 
it was replaced around 40 years ago by bromine. And that's, again, halide. Now, bromine has been banned in the UK and banned in Canada since the early or late 90s. It's also in plastics, pesticide, fire retardants. And fire retardants, if you've seen anyone walking around with a blue mask, guess what? That's fire retardant. Also, leaky gut can cause that. So any type of, of toxic environmental exposure okay, um, will cause the bacteria inside of your gut to be damaged, and then that allows the funguses and yeast to, uh, to grow more, and then these can bore holes in your intestinal tract. And that can also create inflammation, causing low-functioning thyroid. Um, <clears throat> estrogen. And this is going to be in plastics, hormones, foaming agents, cosmetic birth control pills. Um, dangerous for you. <clears throat> so what's the solution to healthy adrenals and healthy thyroid? The solution is drink more healthy water, eat more organic veggies, find out why you're taking the medications, and reduce or eliminate the source. Eliminate refined foods, eliminate enriched foods, and eliminate environmental toxicities and deal with the stress. And the causes, remember, you're looking at unhealthy stress, environmental toxins, everything. This is where you do the juicing and blending to clean the arteries. Um, um, the antidote to adrenaline and cortisol is B3 or niacin. Okay, it's hugely important. Vitamin C, vitamin E, beta carotene. Again, fantastic. You can also start detoxing your system with chlorella or spirulina. <clears throat> now, when we look at, at this, um, oh, God, there's so much I want to cover on this. Okay, we're, we're going to start to get into, so the solution for the thyroid, look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. Uh, reduce your toxic, in, like no polyunsaturated fats, um, progesterone or the hormone replacement ther uh, therapies, such as the bioidentical hormones, those are negative. If you want to increase your natural progesterone, um, you you got to understand that your liver has to be healthy. You have to have healthy bowel movements a day. Um, wild eggs, wild yams, shellfish, turmeric, walnuts, oregano, thyme, all of these foods increase your natural progesterone. And progesterone can instantly activate the thyroid and the ovaries. So look at progesterone protects, and that's a catabolic effect on cortisol. Its effects are the opposite of estrogens, and estrogens we know can cause damage. So now let's get into the part that will be separate, okay, by the junk science, okay? <laughs> and we got we to expose this stuff. It's just mind-blowingly stupid. Um, you've got, you, okay, think of this. Let's say uh, you're driving your car, and you want to find out your risk of driving that car about accidents. Now, do you want to compare uh, your risk category to a race car driver at his risk or the Amish who have no risk? Well, let's just say you compare your risk as a standard average driver in Southern California to the Amish. That, well, the Amish, and I'm talking the Pennsylvania Dutch that don't drive cars, okay, because there's some Amish that do drive cars. 
So they have a near zero risk of, of having a car accident. Your risk might be one in 10, okay? A uh, race car driver might be one in two, okay? So, so you want to, it, it would give you skewed information if someone said, look, you have a 7,000% greater risk of getting in a car accident than the Amish. Okay, it, that's a stupid comparison. Well, let's look at the CDC. Um, they have a chart on their site, cdc.gov, and the title of the chart is Risk of COVID Infection, Hospitalizations, and Death by Age Group. So they have the age groups broken up, and the one that they're using for the reference, the one that they're going to compare everybody to, is the 5 to 17-year-olds. Now, 5 to 17-year-olds have a 99.997% chance of not having problems with this virus. So you get 99 and two nines and a seven, okay, past the little dot, you're talking, you got a better chance of winning the lottery. So why would you compare everybody to the group that has the lowest risk? Now, zero to four years does have a greater risk. Why? Because we're vaccinating the heck out of them. We're treating the moms like, like crap. We're putting Pitocin in the moms during the birth process, which increases neurotoxic effect in infants. So I can understand why kids under four would be at greater risk. Not much, you know, but then you start looking at the numbers. I mean, 85 years old press is 7,900 times the reference range. Now, that is just designed to panic. It has no basis, in fact. It's ridiculous, particularly when you look at school-age children. There's 56 million kids in America. Okay, Now, there, there is no evidence that a child is going to transmit this virus to an adult. So you know, the reason the teachers' unions are locking down, they're not looking at the actual data. But to have the CDC promote this type of junk science is mind-blowing. But let's quick, let's look over to uh, Europe. Um, this one's for Alliance for Human Research and Protection. They've got a great site at ahrp.org. Um, and this was out of February uh, 2021. And, and it talks about how the Israeli government is now experimenting on their entire population experimenting that's right because when we look at this um that there are no long-term studies on this vaccine and when you look at it i want you to own this because if you have friends or neighbors that are trying to get the shot this right now the covid19 vaccine this is phase three clinical trials have not been completed the trials of all the vaccines that are out will not be completed for at least two years um, the Pfizer, the Moderna, um, that uh, every vaccine out there is under emergency use authorization. Emergency use authorization. Now, remember, this is not, they have not been licensed by the FDA. There is no licensed vaccine by the FDA that's approved that passed the safety studies. The vaccines that are out there are for emergency use only. And that's right, for a disease that the majority of Americans, 99%, will not have an issue with this. And even if you have multiple comorbid conditions, 
is you can take care of yourself and you're not going to be at risk. So what they're seeing is that this new vaccine technology is damaging your system. It can literally damage how your body, um, mind, and brain uh, work. So what I'm going to tell you is the five things that you need to do to protect yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you do this and you're going to be protected from the negative effects of, um, of the vaccine because you cannot detox yourself from this vaccine. You cannot detox yourself from this vaccine. It's altering how your DNA is expressed on a cellular level. It causes your cells to produce a foreign protein that is foreign to your body, so your body will attack itself. So we have to change your immune system. Number one, you've got to start taking iodine and zinc. Um, and quercetin. Now, quercetin is a flavonoid, um, it, and it's amazing. Health benefits for everyone. Um, now, also, nanocarbon-activated charcoal. It's called C60. C60 is one of the greatest things out there. It actually helps um, performing an antioxidant function, and then pyroquine, or quinine. Uh, quinine, it's an antioxidant cell booster, but also, now, PQQ is what it's called, pyroquilinine quinine. It's contained in fruits, vegetables, human breast milk. Also, tell people that water fasting only for a week has been shown to repair the DNA damage and silence the mRNA um, vaccine. Also, taking a full-spectrum hemp extract powerful antioxidant. This will uh, activate our endocannabinoid system. So there are things you can do, but if you are forced to take this vaccine or if you have vaccination remorse from taking something that you find out is an experimental thing for a disease that you knew that you weren't at risk for, um, start doing the iodine, zinc, quercetin, um, the activated charcoal, the pyroquinin, quinine, and fasting for a week. We're going to have all this stuff tonight for you um, on Facebook and YouTube. Um, this, is, this is your health advocate. We're going, to, we're going to take our world back. God bless you, and I love you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.